Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. I wish that when we record these programs, we could talk about only happy things, about how the world is finally learning its lesson concerning religious liberty, and that persecution and hate are things of the past. But alas, it's not to be. However, there's value in addressing the darkness that creeps in from time to time. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, is here with us to do just that. Liberty Magazine is the sponsor of this program. Lincoln, what do we need to know? Well, yeah, let's get personal for a moment. These are interesting times, and yesterday, for one of the few times in the last few weeks, I was at work, and I remember as I was driving home, thinking summer thoughts. (laughs) Yes. Or late spring and summer thoughts. As I drove, the clouds ahead of me got dark and ominous, and then lightning was shooting out from them. And and I remember the last hill before Hagerstown, the traffic stopped on the freeway. Mm. And I'm thinking, man, someone got struck with lightning. There was a crash or whatever. It turned out not to be. But we finally got going, and I arrived home. And it was a little cloudy, but not stormy there. And, And I said something to my wife about being stopped on the hill by the clouds and the rain. She looked at me blankly. She says, it's fine here. (laughs) So this is the subtext of what I want to share with our listeners. The darkness can get pretty bad and the storm can be very tempestuous, but there's nearly always a ray of sunshine after the darkness. Mm, That's good news. And uh, what does the Bible say? Uh, Weeping lasts just for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Yes. So put that as a backdrop against what I want to share, which is what I wrote for an editorial in Liberty, which has been the center of what I do. And I titled it, The Darkness Drops Again. Mm. And I wrote these words come from William Butler Yeats' 1919 poem, The Second Coming. And I have quoted from it before. Mm. Yeats wrote it immediately after a great war, expected to be, hoped to be, by many, the last war. So much for hope over realism, I could say as an aside. He also wrote it just after the so-called Spanish flu had killed as many as 50 million people worldwide. A curious side fact I discovered recently is that flu treatment at that time was largely a massive dose of up to 30 grams a day of aspirin. We now know that above four grams is unsafe. And one has to wonder at the comorbidity effect of aspirin overdose, which manifested itself as hyperventilation and fluid on the lungs, which makes me feel just a little less secure now that I have my second Moderna shot. No headaches yet, so no need to take an aspirin. After a year of COVID, all signs are that people have had enough. Plenty of people seem not to bother with masks, want to have parties and family get-togethers, and the roads are as busy as ever getting there. Yes, the number of deaths seems to be declining as we get used to treating this evolving malady, but infection seems to be disturbingly high, and mutated varieties promise continued peril. So, let the band play on. 
after the Spanish flu, probably originating in New York, by the way, the same eat, drink and be merry mood prevailed. Of course, it was more than just the end of gasping for breath. The trench war was over. The old world gone with much of the new generation. And those left obviously thought it best for mayflies to flutter and be gay. It was the flapper era, and in Germany, the cabaret scene for Blue Angels. Such a pity that barely two decades later, the world would end again. I can't shake the feeling that we are about to dance across that no man's land again ourselves. COVID has not gone, will likely never go, just retreat for a time. The piper has yet to be paid for all the COVID stimulus checks, about five trillion by my figuring. Of course, that pales next to the US national debt of around $20 trillion. And maybe then VP Cheney had it right when he said that deficits don't matter. Well, not when the fiat money system itself is at stake. The state fair attraction of money on demand is that root a sideshow Barker's trick, only sustainable when the Calliope drowns out reality. Ask the good and democratically inclined leaders of the interwar German Weimar Republic about that. It seems too that we have lately overprinted that other currency of the US Republic, religious freedom. Before the last presidential election, the talk of religious freedom had become so loud as to be meaningless. The public manner has scarcely been more crude and vicious, so to hear it used in promoting religious freedom has been jarring to me. For most, religious freedom has devolved to decrying the manifestly ungodly prevalence of abortion, demanding prayer or religion back in the schools, fighting against gays and replacing bad science with bad religion. Trouble is, most of this is carried forward in a way that would surely repulse the carpenter from Galilee. He was pretty heavily into good deeds and kindness and not too interested in political power or compulsion. By my lights, the biggest problem of late with religious freedom is a lack of religion itself, or at least the finer sensibilities that all religions like to think distinguish them from the unbelievers. For most religious entities, the end of religious freedom is access to government subsidy, special accommodation to an agenda and protection for the right to condemn the sinners so prevalent in what they wish were a theocratic state. The bolder religionists think religious freedom exercise should be the ability for minority religious views to mandate behavior for all. No wonder so many pagans view religion and religious freedom with suspicion. The basics of religious freedom are indeed basic. We are all deserving of respect and as free moral agents seek God in many ways. Religious freedom means nothing unless it discounts the arm of force the state, and grants the right of others to be wrong about spiritual things. Remember in the Bible account how God grants the Edenic pair the ability to make mistakes. Remember too how Jesus, the proclaimed Son of God, declined 
to enter the political realm and in dealing with sinners could say, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Read any history book and it is obvious that in times of societal stress, politicized religion, seeking for national identity, lashes out violently against the other. I see that emerging model in the United States. It is our looming crisis, far more than economic apocalypse, sure to come. Gun violence, left behind anyone. Insurgency and near civil war, Christian militias and preppers. Fading world dominance, community of nations. And racial equality, Christian brotherhood, anyone? Over the years, I have had numerous theological discussions with those confused over the distinction between foreknowledge and predestination. God surely knows men and nations, but we had better stop thinking that God or the fates control events. We do in the most consequential ways, and our actions have consequences. No people and no nation are irredeemable. No course cannot be reversed. The darkness is indeed falling, but let us rediscover true liberty, true charity for all, as Lincoln put it, and true security before the darkness settles. Wow. Lincoln Steed reading his latest editorial. And Lincoln, that was pretty incredible what you're saying there. What struck me the most is you're saying that we have a say. We have responsibility. We can change what's going on. We don't just sit back and say, well, I wonder what God's going to do now. I think God is sitting back and saying, well, I wonder what humans are going to do now. Would I be right in saying that? Part of what's in my mind was the panic among uh, Trump supporters after the last election, right. particularly those religionists. Right. And, you know, they had prophecies. I tend to think false prophecies, but anyhow, they believed God was telling them a certain thing, yes. and they were looking to him to make it all happen. I don't think God was particularly behind it, but even if he were, they needed to react in an appropriate spiritual way and make it happen in the best way, not by storming the Capitol. It was silliness. Yeah. And what I'm really shadow boxing against is the idea that has always been somewhat explicit even in, in a lot of what we do on religious liberty. It's thinking that a few good lawyers or religious liberty activists can lobby hard enough with the legislators and, and we can tweak the laws or pass a good law and, and hold back the inevitable. <laughs> I really hold a view, and I'm sure I've said it on this program before, that in a democracy particularly, the power resides with the people. Yes. And shifts in things like religious liberty are not primarily driven by legislation, they're societal attitudes. The Christian community, in the particular that I'm interested in, but since we're dealing with religious liberty for all people, the Muslim community, the Buddhist, they can make their impact on society the best by behaving the best way that their religion calls them to act change it by themselves, not force it on other people. That is never going to be religious liberty. But I believe we're over the hump. I believe something, well, Shakespeare had the witches say, something wicked this way comes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, bring it home to us in the last minute we have here. What can we do sitting in our pew at our church in our community? What can we do to start making the difference that we should be doing as opposed to sitting around and seeing what's going to happen? 
live uh, Christian lives, not religious lives. Mm. Religion, as it's often stated, is a pressure party, is a yeah. lobby movement. We're not to be that. But as the Bible says, we're to be uh, like uh, a light, not hit under a bushel. We're to be salt added to the ingredient. We should make that practical difference and oppose that way, which is ultimately the most effective, the degradation of popular culture and even the loss of religious freedom. LibertyMagazine.org is our website. Lincoln State has made many resources available there for us. We have the magazine articles to read. We have these podcasts to listen to. His television programs are there as well. Many wonderful resources available to you, listener, at LibertyMagazine.org. Lincoln Steed, editor, thank you so much for sharing with us today. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. This program was sponsored by Liberty Magazine. Until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call 443-391-7258 or email us through our website at libertymagazine.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. <laughs>